At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's a sad day for baseball fans everywhere. Eduardo Nunez announced his retirement today. I saw that. Really sad stuff. I thought he retired two years ago. (laughs) I thought he retired two years ago. Was he just kind of hanging out in the free agency ether for the last two years? Yeah. Um, Great news is the fucking Yankees are down to nothing in the ALCS. Jack, Aram, Peter, how we doing, man? Fine. You're not doing fine. Let's talk about it. Um, the Yankees have 30 strikeouts through two games. Yeah. Um, no matter how close they get, they just can't punch a runner home. Um, then they made excuses after the game about That's, I can't wait the, the roof and how this home run would yeah, be out win. of this ballpark and. Yeah. So yeah. not only did they just come up short, everyone on the team afterwards is making excuses, which makes us look even worse. I'm yeah, glad you said it that. Does. And then we go to New York, and now we have to win basically all three, and then another game at Houston. Um. Yeah, not doing well. Um, so. The excuses, I was like just on the edge of my seat, ready to get into that. I'm glad Peter brought that up. The excuses that the Yankees have made might be the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in postseason baseball when it comes to like handling losses. I don't know if I've ever seen something more embarrassing. And I'm not trying to pile on you, Pete. I'm I'm just being honest here. Like, it it is disgustingly pathetic. Like, between your manager, Aaron Boone, complaining about a roof that impacts both teams equally, and then also you have a, a pitcher. Who's like, oh yeah, I gave up a nuke, but like it wasn't hit that hard. It was ninety one. It was ninety one. The other one was one hundred six, and it was like, a flat. That's it sucks, man. Like, what kind of excuse is that? Like, it, it, a home run is a home run, and it wasn't like it was a wall scraper. And also, how many like cheap shots have they been able to hit too? Like, it goes both ways. It, it, it just, I've never seen a managerial excuse about the roof, though. That one blew my mind. I want to stick on the Sevy one for a moment here um, because I really respect the job that Sevy does. Yeah, I think he Sevy is one of the most talented pitchers in baseball, and he shoved. It was one, like, kind of mistake, not even a mistake because, again, Bregman did not hit that ball very hard, but it left. 
The Yankees are not in the postseason if it weren't for the rinky-dink unicorn homers during the regular season. They're a wild card team. Let's acknowledge that. You know what I mean? The other thing that jumps out to me about what Sevy said was he didn't realize how bad of a batted ball it was until he went to the iPad. Yeah. Okay. You're telling me that you have to negate a home run after you go to an iPad. What are we doing here? <laughs> I I usually don't side with the old guard of baseball. I usually don't side with um, the people that try to negate exit velocity and launch angle. But here's what I'll say about that. I don't give a flying fuck if it's 91 off the bat, if it leaves the yard, it leaves the yard. If yeah. Seve needs to go to an iPad to say, oh, this is bullshit, it's not bullshit. One thing I want to address in those statements, because nothing you said was that wrong, but you said that the Yankees would be a wild card team if they didn't have a couple of rinky-dink home runs. That's just incorrect. That can't be true. Okay. All right. That's no, I'm I'm in a I'm in a sensitive spot. So I know you are. I I'm taking everything to heart. Yeah. And As you would, typically do. And they'd be a first place team without those. Um, yeah. Bullpen looked good uh <laughs> for the Yankees. Um that was just a horrible loss. That was okay. just so tough to watch. So the Yankees offense, this is from ESPN Stats and Info. The Yankees offense has now recorded six or fewer hits in nine straight games dating back to the regular season. That is the longest streak in a single season in franchise history. Matt Carpenter can't hit. Um, Josh Donaldson can't hit. Um, Glaber did okay. Hit my prop for me, which was nice. The only bet I hit, I think, all day because I got killed on the Saints and the Yankees and it's just a horrible day. Um, who else can't hit? Altuve on the Astros Altuve, side, which is the yeah. craziest part. He, he, does he have a hit yet? No, right? No. Did you hear the story of uh, that Brian Anderson was telling about Gil Hodges? I think Gil Hodges started a postseason like 0 for 21 and he was having fans send him like rosary beads in the mail <laughs> to try and get out of it. Like I, I'm thinking Altuve might be sent some rosary beads. I mean, and that's the craziest part, right? They're doing what they're doing without their leadoff hitter recording a hit. I'm not saying without their leadoff hitter doing well, without their leadoff hitter recording a hit. And and that's what really stands out to me is like it's not like this Astros team is is really clicking on all cylinders offensively. They're pitching really well. They're hitting when they need to. Uh, but I do want to, you know, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but while we're talking about the Yankees, then we can get more specifically into the Astros. Harrison Bader, you know, uh, one positive here. Bader has been awesome. Um, what what an interesting trade arc there. And that's why I always think, and I'm guilty of it, we all are, but I always try to hold myself and baseball fans accountable on this. Like, you, you can't judge a trade too early. And trades always go through their ebbs and flow of, like, who won the trade, quote, unquote, and, you know, how it looks for each team. It looked like the best trade in the world for the Cardinals. And as Peter has noted in previous episodes, Montgomery barely threw in the postseason. Bader didn't play the whole year. Now he gets going in the postseason, and he – I don't know where they are without Bader. I, I can tell you that. I mean, they, I don't know if they're here without Bader. And and he's given them a shot in these series. It's been fun to watch, and uh, especially being a local kid, it's just been really cool to see Bader set the tone as the leadoff guy because I don't like Judge leading off. So I'm glad that they've kind of shuffled that around a little bit. Uh, but, 
yeah, you're going to need to do better than just Harrison Bader putting the team on his back. There's also something that the Yankees, the Yankees have been, it's been difficult to get out the bottom of this Houston lineup. Guys like Chaz McCormick, Martin Maldonado. I think Maldonado got on three times yesterday. Yeah, Yuli Gurriel. Yuli Gurriel looks like Tony Gwynn right now. He's hitting 409 with an, basically an 1100 OPS. While the bottom of the Yankees lineup yesterday, Kalagashioka 0 for three with three strikeouts. Oswald Peraza 0 for three with two strikeouts. Oswaldo Cabrera 0 for three. It's if you just have zero production from the bottom, and then on the Houston side, they're at least getting on base, setting the table for the table setters or for the I don't know. I don't know. None of my words make sense. I'm upset, but you know what I'm talking about. The bottom uh, of the lineup. Yeah. The bottom produced. of the lineup is 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 like doing the secondary leadoff role. And, I, and and if that's happening with the Astros, you're in trouble. Because if there's somebody on base, when you get to Altuve, Pena, Jordan, Bregman, Kyle Tucker, and, and back around again. Three run home runs happen. And then when yes. that happens, you can't score three runs. So the game is over. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about Framber too. Hold on. Because- One quick thing on, on the Yankees that I do want to say, and I do have a positive thing to say about the New York Yankees. Oh, let's go. The lineup construction was actually pretty good. I, I liked that lineup. Going I, I loved it. I liked Peraza and Cabrera. You know, I loved the starting lineup, which was I just didn't like Higgy in there because he can't hit. And I know that he's been catching Severino. How well did that work? I mean, Severino pitched well. I'm sure, I'm sure he would have pitched well with Trevino. I'm sure. Yeah, he would have gotten bombed. Sure, is it worth it to sacrifice just nothing at the plate? I know Trevino hasn't been giving you much either, but he's got a better shot. I guess yeah. whatever. They both can't hit, so whatever. I mean, Trevino is definitely a much better hitter. Um, yeah, I know he hasn't been great as of late, but yeah, I would much rather see him at the More plate. More confidence, right? Yeah, it's one thing when I have no confidence in you and you strike out, and I get upset. When I do have confidence and you put up a good at bat, maybe you get out. And it's like, all right, same result, different feeling, you know, <laughs> different feeling. Just want a good feeling for once. All right. Pour your love on Framber. Um, I mean, this so guy bad. just, this guy's incredible. My Sands, the PFP, because the, 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 the PFP where he just like fell on his butt. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't make that play. Uh, aside from that, that was just, the only I, way the Yankees scored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, by the way, like should be an earned run. If a pitcher makes an error, I want that to be an earned run. I, I know that that's like my weird. I don't know. No, I, I like, agree. No, it's just you. bizarre to me. You you make an error and it, and it works in your favor. Like that's insane. But besides that, I mean, striking out nine, uh, the guy just continues to just be uh, a ground ball machine. And I mean, yeah, that's the only runs came off of that error that he made himself on a ground ball that was chopped right back to him. Um, Framber is is what one of the best twos in baseball at this point is that is that fair to say? I, I think I said in April that he is the best two in baseball, and I'll stand by that. I think he's the best two in baseball. The scariest part is he goes seven innings. He better than Brian, Brian Abreu and Ryan Presley, who who like, I don't, their whole I don't, bullpen's rested. I don't view Nola as a two. I don't view Nola as a two. I don't view like Scherzer as a two. Uh, I don't view Arias as a two. Like those are those are two ones in one rotation. Hmm. Who, who, I want to, this is a fun conversation. Who's in that same, who's in that same breath? Like, who are the twos that we're comparing Framber to? Like, is it like a Logan Webb? Is yeah. he a two or is he a one? No, he's a two. Hmm. Logan Webb is a two. Um, I don't know who I'd rather have. 
It's interesting. Ooh, I'd rather have Framber. For Would sure. you rather have Framber or Logan yeah. Webb? Um, Framber. Framber. He's just a machine. I think Logan yeah. Webb will have better peaks, but Framber's just a machine. <laughs> he is a yeah. machine because he, and it's so effortless too, right? And in today's game, it, exactly. It's effortless. It's like you, you have so much confidence in the fact that just he's going to be able to give you a quality start. And in today's game where it's all about, you know, doing damage in the air, he's like the the kryptonite to to the hitters in today's game. And that, I think that's why he's the perfect matchup for the Yankees too, right? A team that really does damage in the air. That's how they produce runs. And uh, it's hard to do that when, and Jack alluded to this, you know, a couple episodes ago, it's, it's really hard to do that against Framber. It's really either strike at the bottom of the zone or a ground ball. And I, I can't imagine how frustrating it is to face Framber Valdez. I, I have, I just can't imagine. It's frustrating to watch too, because he's just, he, it's just the fastball or it's the sinker really. And it's the curveball. And it's like guys are, I, I was texting in the group chat. It just looked like they're guessing up there. So when they guess curveball or they're sitting on a curveball and then he just hums a sinker middle, middle, and they just don't even swing. And then they're flailing at curveballs. It looks like such an uncomfortable at bat because you're always guessing and you're always guessing wrong. It seems it's because they are guessing. He threw 44 sinkers. He threw 40 curveballs. I mean, it is a 50-50 chance that you're getting either pitch at any time. Um, the the other thing that I love about Framber, and I think that, that separates him from the pack, um, you know, we've talked about on this podcast, and I'll just reiterate again, the Astros had seven guys start games for them this regular season. That is a microscopic number. They stay healthy. Verlander didn't stay healthy. McCullers wasn't healthy to start the year. Aside from that, everybody stayed healthy and Framber was the gold standard Julio Urias reached a hundred pitches once this year Framber Valdez last night was his 16th time this year reaching a hundred pitches Jeez, he gets the ball he throws a hundred pitches every single time it feels like you know what the biggest irony is of that he was an overlooked prospect because of the fact that he had durability concerns (laughs) If you throw a bowling ball and you can throw it a hundred times, yep. game over. What I will say is also, and I'm sure you guys can appreciate this too. Um, you know, the end of the game excuses were terrible and stupid, but the umpiring has been real bad. I mean, you guys have seen it. The call's low in the zone. And I'm not just talking about strictly for the Yankees. Um, I mean, I think it's leaned heavily towards the Astros on the, on uh, the f- game one plus 0.43 runs for the Astros, 94% are you, accuracy. Are you on umpire scorecards? Yeah. Um, so it did lean the Astros way, but just overall, like they're missing a lot of calls here. A lot of calls. I just want to mention that because we saw that highlight of Jason Dominguez at the Arizona Fall League, like challenging the balls and strike call, and he won. And <laughs> I just think that's going to start to happen because, I mean, it's just – it's it's the playoffs, like one here and there, I get it, but it seems like one every other at bat, there's a missed call as a ball or a strike. And it was like the low ball calls, terrible. I thought the umpiring was terrible. It's 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 tough with the they gotta figure out how to do the the robo zone though. It's I, I just watched it um for a couple straight games and I've talked to guys about it too because they had it in low A and 
it, I love the system challenge. It's quick. It's like a tennis challenge. It's awesome. Yeah. The problem is you see some of these pitches that get overturned or not overturned. And you're like, whoa, because it's a, like a, a 3d zone that if it, like you see on TV and if it clips the back end, like it does not really have the same application of what we've become used to of a strike zone for a hundred years. So they need to figure out kind of what that's going to look like and, and how to, really make it consistent with what we are used to in in the traditional strike zone. But once they figure that out, I'm all in on it. It takes three seconds. You tap your head. You got to do it within like two seconds. You tap your head. They say it's challenge. Step out of the box. They show it on the screen. It legitimately takes a few seconds and then boom, you go. Do you have a certain number of challenges in a game? Yes. I don't know what the exact number is, but if you're unsuccessful, obviously you lose it. If you're successful, you keep it. That's where it's really interesting because who gets to use them? When do you use them? Yeah. I was talking to my buddy, Mike Rothenberg with the Tigers about this. He's a catcher in low A for them. And he said some teams only let the catchers use it. Some teams let everybody use it. But imagine if you're the asshole that, that challenges two calls, loses both, <laughs> and now your team has no challenges left. And it's like, damn, that guy just can't handle striking out. Like, it's it, there's a lot of interesting wrinkles to it that uh, I'm excited to unpack once they, you know, start giving us a little bit more details on it. But what I will say is I saw a lot of MLB uh, employees kind of there like just fleshing it out and looking and tracking all of it. And um, it's the perfect time to test it here in the fall league. You know, it, it's cool how the umpiring crews are going about it because for the final month in AAA, every single week we had a different MLB umpire join the three-man umpiring crew and make it a four-man crew. So like we had uh, Tom Hallion for a week. We had Alex Tosi for a week. Um, these umpires, they were in AAA getting acclimated to the pitch clock. But I think in the fall league, you've got a lot of MLB employees getting used to the automated the automated strike zone if they so choose. And I like how they're doing it um, because, like, you know, having no umpire back there and just having a robotic strike zone would be terrible. I, can't um, do it. I thought your comp to the tennis review is is perfect because the tennis review is phenomenal, man. I mean, you're watching a grand slam and you've got the crowd just do the slow clap and then it shows up and it zooms in very tight. If it's really close, it's incredible. You, know, you have, you have, it's suspenseful. It's, yes. it's, it's fun. And dude, so they, the best, the best part about it was, I think one of the teams was like, Oh, for three on challenges. And they finally got one. You see the ball coming in and they build the suspense. The ball's coming in, coming in, nicks the top of the zone and the dugout went crazy. <laughs> They're like, you know, we got one. We got one. Like um, it becomes like a fun little game within the game. Um, I think people will really grow to enjoy it. Uh, but I think hitters were definitely still trying to figure out what the what the zone is, quote unquote, because uh, Jordan Walker even challenged one that was just like, it, it looked like it was a hundred percent down. Like it was just absolutely down challenged it. And it did that thing where it nicked the front end of the 3d zone. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So they, they do have to figure some things out there. Gotcha. Um, I thought the umpiring was terrible just to come back to it. <laughs> terrible. Do you guys think it was good? It was terrible. Terrible. Uh, I think, I I'm think it's always just for the Yankees. It was overall the balls and strikes. We're terrible. I think it's par for the course. I think if you're going to sit through a nine inning game frustrated as hell because your favorite team loses, you're going to think the umpiring is terrible. Do you think the umpiring was terrible? The numbers would say the umpiring was terrible. Uh, the umpire, the, the numbers say he had a 94% accuracy rate. 
And 94%. That's not very good. When it's mm, 0.43 runs. good. When it's 0.43 runs towards another team, that's not good. That is, that's just coincidence. I think run value is very coincidental. Um, I look at accuracy and consistency on those scorecards and I, and 94% is a good, is a good game. It's fine. I he think missed, in the playoffs. He missed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine calls. Like that is probably standard it's average. Yeah. Yeah. Close to it. You know, maybe slightly below average. I'm looking playoffs. at some of these others. It's a playoff. Shouldn't we expect a little bit better? No. I mean, it's par for the it, course. It, yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where it's just it, we're we're gonna look at under a microscope during the playoffs. Uh, there's probably how many hundreds of games where more calls were missed during the regular season. Yeah, of course it's the playoffs, but I, I don't know. There were some playoff games where it was worse. I'm scrolling through um, um scorecards right here. Bill Miller. Had a ninety yeah. percent consistency, ninety-two percent accuracy in uh, in one of the division series games. Like it, it's yeah, I think it's about average, slightly below. Yeah. So, um, one positive thing, I don't think the Yankees lay down. I think they do take Game Three with Garrett Cole. Yep. Yeah, I'm so I'm done funny. predicting Yankee wins. I'm just it's, gonna sit and watch. <laughs> it's so funny how quickly the narrative internally changed for Garrett Cole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now it's all oh, Garrett Cole. Let's go. It's automatic. That's automatic. I mean, the way he's looked right now, right? And yeah. um, beyond that, if, if it was Sevy pitching tomorrow instead, you know, let's say they flip flopped and it was Cole that lost this game yesterday, and Sevy pitching today. If it was any or or Nestor, if it was any of those three guys, I really trust. I think the Yankees find a way back in New York. I mean, Peter and I were at the playoff game. The atmosphere was incredible. I think you're going to sense a little bit more desperation from Yankees fans, which is going to translate into just intensity. I think from the crowd, it's going to be very electric. You're going to have desperation from the team, which is is a good thing, I think. But as long as they don't keep making excuses, but uh, I really, I really hope the Yankees grab one here because I want this to be a series yeah. and. Look, it's not like the Yankees are getting pummeled and just steamrolled. It's just the Astros are a really good damn team, and they're just kind of, kind of just edging them out here. Outlasting, uh, yeah. yeah. Are they going to hit Lance McCullers? They can't hit an off-speed pitch. Uh, are they going to hit him? It's TBD at the moment. It might be Javier for Game Three. How are they going to hit Christian <laughs> Javier? Javier would be a Javier, concern. I'd rather see McCullers. Yeah, I'm telling you, I said this on the on the Twitter space, Jack. I think you were there. I said. If if I had to choose any of the Houston starters who I'm the most afraid of as a Yankee fan, it's Christian Javier. He, he has been seven no hit innings with thirteen. The best outs. pitcher against the Yankees this year, not Verlander, who also has dominated us. It's one thing when both of them don't allow runs, but just the way Javier has not allowed runs has been more dominant. So they're not going to hit McCullers. They can't hit a breaking ball, and then they can't hit Javier. So how? Let's say Garrett Cole gives up two runs in seven innings. Are we scoring three? You have to. Bro. We have to. You're right. We have to. But yeah, McCullers will hang one. Bader's going to get a single on a good at bat, which is going to be awesome. Stanton's going to hit a Rizzo, unicorn the other way. Rizzo's going to choke up with two strikes and ground out, which is great. <laughs> you know, Judge is going to hit a fly ball that almost goes out. Stanton's trying his best. Glaber trying his best, and then the bottom of the lineup sucks. How are we putting up runs 
against these guys. I don't Again. see where the three runs come from. ESPN stats and info, six or fewer hits in nine straight games. That is a franchise record. Brent Valdez had 25 swings and misses yesterday. We have struck out 30 times in two games. That is not regular. No. And then we make excuses at the end. I wanted a punch. Well, that that judge uh, flyout would have been a homer in Yankee Stadium, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So I'm, I'm, I think we got the judge homer. I think that's coming today. Yeah. Or tomorrow, right, tomorrow, excuse me. Tomorrow, I keep doing that. Um, it's coming tomorrow. Against uh, who? I don't know, somebody. If McCullers hangs one. To get, let's look at the literal matchups. Who are dude, they I, I, Yeah, like, I think Judge can hit a home run off of anybody, right? I, I don't. Like, <laughs> McCullers, McCullers, all he has to do is hang one. He throws so many breaking balls. Uh, I am well, interested to see how he looks. hang one. What? He yeah, but Framber doesn't hang Blander. balls. That's the point. Like, he Judge, never does. Judge took a couple of sinkers that were, like, middle-middle or, like, shaded upstairs a little bit. I was stunned. When no, he yeah, was he, those. all four of his balls, he hit over 95 miles an hour yesterday. But, like, that's it looks great in Savant. And that's all what Sal Sebi cares about. Looks yeah, great exactly. on the iPad. That's what I'm saying. It looks great in Savant. Didn't result in anything. Besides a hit. Good. Right? Aram, what were you saying? Sorry, we cut you off. <laughs> um, no, I, I think McCullers, though, like this is a really cool opportunity to see how he continues to to show and remind us who he is. Uh, we it almost he almost became an afterthought with how good the Astros were without him uh, over this last year, basically. And uh, but I do think that he is is not as difficult for this Yankees team as Framber when he got the turbo sinker and the disgusting breaking ball. Uh, it only takes one that that hangs up there. Yankees get the big home run, and, and that could be the difference. The, the the thing is, is Garrett Cole, as we've said all postseason, is going to have to shove, and I think he can. I think he absolutely can. But this Astros lineup is just so tough, man. Tough. All right, uh, real quick, I joined that Twitter space that Peter was hosting yesterday. All I wanted, and, and he mentioned that they were talking about Christian Javier. I did not hop in there to talk about Javier. I did not talk in, hop in there to talk about baseball at all. All I wanted when I hopped in that Twitter space was to talk about their MLS play because their title was Sports Equinox Day. Yeah. And so much of that was about the MLS being in action as well. So I needed a play on the Philadelphia Union. Crabs gave me that. Peter didn't even know that MLS soccer was happening. And, and that's a real problem. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Big sport. Yeah. Um, David Beckham's still there. Hey, <laughs> did you ever see the movie? Was that Amanda Bynes in the movie? Wasn't it Bendit like Beckham? Yeah. I'm trying to find Lance McCullough's stats versus the Yankees because I think they're incredible. Um, all right. Well, we got 10 minutes to talk about NLCS game three. Phillies, Padres, Ranger Suarez, Joe Musgrove. Um. Ranger Suarez throws with his left hand. Yes, what, that, what does that mean for the San Diego Padres? It means that Manny Machado had an 850 OPS against left-handed pitching. It means that the other two guys with an OPS over 800 versus lefties were Brandon Drury and Will Myers. What nice. happens here? Don't forget Ha-Seong Kim leading off. That's usually what they do against lefties. Yeah. Um, and he's pretty good against lefties. Um, so I, I put out on Twitter that this is the first playoff game where I have no read. I, I, you know, I woke up early this morning. I was doing research and I thought to myself, I can make 
I could write an article about the Padres money line. I could write an article about the Phillies money line. I could write an article about the over, write an article about the under. There is no true lean here. This is as close as it gets. First game going back to Citizens Bank Park. It is going to be jumping there. These fans are hungry for a championship. Going to be a really tough environment for the Padres. But then again, wasn't it a tough environment for Joe Musgrove going into City Field? And when he had Vaseline, just another one of these excuses from teams that are losing. (laughs) And he looked like one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. The Padres, they score their runs in bunches. Are they going to score it in bunches against Ranger Suarez, who's been better at home? Rested Philly's bullpen in the back end. I don't know who's going to hit. What do you guys think? I have no idea. I'm just curious what time you hopped in the lab. You said you were up early researching. What time did you key card in? Did you swipe into the lab? Uh, Woke up at 7. Got in the shower. Was on my computer by 7.30. Nice. Okay. You got to be in by 5 for it to actually count as a lab day. Well, that's the thing. Um, I was even looking last night post game and couldn't find anything. And I was like, let me just digest. Late night work. Late night work. After hours in the lab. Yeah. After hours in the lab. Lab coat on. Then woke up this morning. Same thought. I just have no lean. What do you guys think? Like the Padres are slight favorites. Who do you think wins? Do you think he goes over under seven runs? Thoughts? Ranger Suarez walked five batters in his last postseason outing, correct? Yes. Uh, he went three and a third. I, I, I think Suarez is good-ish. You know, I think he's a solid starting pitcher. But a lot of times those solid regular season starting pitchers don't quite rise to the occasion in the postseason. Um, and, and that's why I was always in, I was interested to see what Nastar was going to look like. But he's been more than solid in the regular season. And he's obviously translated well into the postseason. I, I really think when you have Joe Musgrove pitching the way he has pitched, you have the Padres swinging it the way they have swung it overall. Um, this isn't going to be the slugfest that the last game was necessarily. And I'm going to trust a, a close game. I'm going to trust Joe Musgrove to, to just go deeper. I know the Phillies bullpen's rested, which really does help because I don't expect Suarez to go much more than five. Uh, I, I would be shocked if he goes more than six, but I just think Musgrove on this stage is just is just a notch above, and these lineups are, are are pretty much interchangeable. Like you mentioned, the lefty, but it doesn't matter if he's a lefty when he's out in the fourth or the fifth, and and that's the thing that I'm concerned about because once he's out, I don't think they're getting to Musgrove for much through the first five innings either. Um, so I, I don't know how much the lefty thing will matter if that makes sense. My thought is, who's going to be the guy that's first out of the bullpen for Ranger Suarez? And if Connor Brogdon comes in, he's going to go six up, six down with six strikeouts <laughs> on 18 pitches. Yeah. He would throw two immaculate innings in a row. Um, if they go elsewhere, if they go to a guy like Bellotti, if they go to a guy like, you know, Brad Hand, then, then it might be different. Um, no, but I mean, the big thing for me is who's going to bridge the gap from Ranger to. Dominguez and Alvarado and I don't have much faith in anybody doing that and how big's the gap going to be I think the gap's going to be big and I think was... it might be like four through seven what's going to happen there and I I think the Padres win in innings four through seven and here's something else that I was looking at too because I wanted to see of course how these pitchers have fared against each other um Joe Musgrove and Ranger Suarez both 
have pitched against, you know, the Potters and the Phillies with both completely different outcomes. When Joe Musgrove faced the Phillies, granted, I mean, they faced each other. So on June 23rd, it was Joe Musgrove versus Ranger Suarez. Phillies won 6-2 to two after they scored six earned runs off Musgrove. And Ranger Suarez threw seven and a third of two-run ball. Like, <laughs> maybe that just won't happen again. Maybe it's the reverse. But that's just something to monitor. That the Phillies were able to not only get to Musgrove, but record six earned, while Ranger almost went eight. What was that, five months ago? Yeah, this is June 23rd. It's just, it's like, will it completely reverse this time? But at least the Phillies, they're at home. They already have confidence that they can get to Musgrove. They've seen him already. And with Ranger, the Padres have never been able to hit him. it's, It's been one start, but it's just like, it's just tough to handicap. So what I will say is the best, one of the best hitters in the Phillies lineup against sliders is Bryce Harper. Like the three guys that hammer sliders in the Phillies lineup, um, Hoskins obliterates sliders. But, you know, I I don't feel great about a a slumping Reese Hoskins in a righty-righty matchup. I feel great about Harper and Schwarber. And Schwarber may be mincemeat against Musgrove, but I, I think a big big hit is coming for Bryce Harper against Joe Musgrove at some point. I could see that. You like saying, almost, do, you, do you like the over? No. Like, do you think runs are going to be scored? No. It's just a tough one. No, I don't like anything. Like, Jack, <laughs> would you say would you say that you think the Padres are going to win? Or Because I agree with you. I think the Phillies are going to – I think the Phillies are going to score off Musgrove. I think it's going to be so close. They might tie. The model's calling for a tie. The Apple model. Uh, Apple model calls for another tie. We got a couple of graphics that that are going out on social now. We've got Apple's model, and then we've got uh, anytime the Yankees lose, a dejected face of Peter. Uh, Yeah, I think it's, you know, might as well well get some good content out of my sadness. Yeah, no, that's the true mark of a content creator. Um, Yeah, yeah, I... Dude, I have no idea how this thing's going to shake out. All, all I know is I'm going to be glued to the television for this. And, and those are my favorite games to watch. Like the ones that you have no idea how it could shake out. Like, yeah. like last night we're saying, okay, if Framber makes mistakes, here you are sitting there watching and waiting for Framber to possibly make a mistake. And I loved watching it because he threw 101 pitches and he hardly made any mistakes at all. And the mistakes he made, the Yankees were not going after. So it's nice to watch with a pointed perspective of like one thing. An entirely different way of viewing baseball is, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, yeah. but I'm excited to watch it. Well, That's how I feel about tonight's game. To be fair, Frember didn't make his mistakes, but the engineering not swing at them no the engineering of the ballpark they put (laughs) humidity in when the yankees were hitting yeah and then when the astros were hitting they redirected the fans to blow out to left field so it actually was unfair and they did make mistakes and that's the problem here yeah natural follow-up do you get a push notification on the ipad when framber makes a mistake no yeah, do you think you think after Luis oh, Severino yeah. gave that home run up that 
he just got went back to the guy and they're like, bro, it was 91. Don't worry about yeah. it. It didn't, yeah. count. Dude, it didn't count in our book. Yeah, it was 91. Don't worry about it. it. We'll talk so, about it post game. You did really lose. Yeah, it's bro. okay. We, we're we're going to, we're going to, we're going to protest this game. It's, it's, it's all good. Um, 0.8 X wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The expected stats are going to look so good after yeah. this one. Um, no, but the last thing I'll say on that is, is Sevy did shove. And that's the beautiful thing about this is, is in postseason baseball, you have lineups filled with MVPs, all-stars, Hall of Famers, that even when a guy's shoving, it takes one swing. And that's the thing. Musgrove could outclass Suarez. But if you get Harper up with a couple runners on, that one swing can be the difference. The one swing was the difference in the Astros-Yankees game in which Severino was phenomenal. He really was. I think that could be that could be the the puncher's chance, right? And in this, you know, matchup here is if Suarez can just give them a decent start, it takes one swing from Bryce Harper, who is putting up one of the best postseasons, you know, I really think since what, a Rosarena? Yeah. I, I don't know if there's been a better individual postseason, you know, since a Rosarena um in that magical 2020. And I, I really think that that's all it takes. Uh was it seven straight games with an extra base hit for Bryce Harper? think so i think the key to this game is seeing pitches in order to get to the middle of the bullpen for both teams because i think that's really the weakness back of the padres bullpen fantastic back of the phillies bullpen not fantastic but still really it's good been, it's been fantastic and alvarado and i still believe in robertson but it's that middle ground can you see pitches get the starter out in four or five and then you should be able to win the game but I think it's going to be tough to do that against either of those pitchers, and that's why it's going to be so entertaining, and I can't wait to watch. All right, rapid fire, no reasoning, and then we say adios. Score for game three of the NLCS. Arm first. 4-2 Padres. Peter. 4-4, four, four, first tie in postseason history. 4-3 Phillies. I'll say 4-3 Padres, but I hate it. Okay. October 15, 50% off your just baseball merch. Um, go to the site, use that link. Any other link you need is in the episode description. Use code JB Show for 20% off Manscaped. And that's it. With that, thank you, everybody. <laughs>